This is my commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. As I have loved you. In order to fully appreciate what Jesus is teaching us, our English language does not help us very much because we only have one word for love, whereas the Greeks had four. And Jesus, in this teaching, is using a specific word for love. It's his favorite word. In fact, he uses it 99% of the time when he speaks about love, as does the Apostle St. John. And that word is agape. Agape love. To distinguish it from the forms of human love. For example, the love of friendship. There's the family affection between parents and children, children and parents. And there's the beautiful spousal love that married couples enjoy. But Jesus is making it very clear that the love he is calling us to live and to show one another is a love that is like God's own love. It's also important that we know the word that Jesus is using because in our culture, there are other kinds or notions of love that circulate that are partial forms of love or even erroneous notions of love. For example, there are a lot of people in our culture today that equate love solely with a feeling. And why feelings are part of love, love, praise God, is so much more than a feeling because feelings come and go. Sometimes they're not even there at all. And also in our culture, unfortunately, there are many who mistakenly think that lust is love. And that, of course, is something that we want to entirely avoid. So what is agape love? If we start with just a basic definition of love that the Catechism gives us, love is to will the good of the other. Love is to will the good of the other. When we love someone, if we look at these human forms of love, we always want good for those that we love. Even the most basic things, food, clothing, shelter. We also want for them things like good health, good education, to have good friendships, to have a good marriage, to have a good successful career, to enjoy abundantly all the good and pleasant things of life. But here is where agape love distinguishes itself. If we look at the life of Jesus, what do we see? There is a particular good that Jesus wills for every single person and that good is the good of knowing him and his Father, 
and of having an intimate relationship with them that is salvation, that is redemption, a relationship that gives new life, that brings liberation from sin, and that leads to eternal life. That is the good that agape love desires for the beloved. And Jesus commands us to love in this way. And by commanding us means that this love is not a feeling. This is not sentimentality and a warm, fuzzy feeling. But by the grace of God, regardless of what I feel, I can choose to love someone with this kind of love. Another part of this love that Jesus highlights is that not only would we desire this good for someone, but that we are even willing to suffer, to sacrifice, and to lay down our life for this. This means that if you and I truly love ourselves with agape love, if that is the dominant love in our life, you and I will desire for ourselves to have an intimate friendship with Jesus Christ. And that agape love will move us to embrace all the means of grace that allows us to live of this relationship. It'll move us to pray every day. It'll move us to encounter Jesus in those beautiful sacraments that he gave us. It'll move us to meditate on the word of God. It'll move us to live the gospel way of life and by those beautiful commandments the Lord has given us. A friendship becomes Christian the moment agape love becomes the dominant love, when both of those friends will for each other that they have a relationship with Jesus Christ and all those means that I talked about before, and even willing to suffer, to promote the good of that for their friend. There was a young man and a young woman in my last parish who were dating. And on their first date, you know what they did? They went to a church and they knelt down and spent about 15 minutes before Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament and prayed. It was the first thing they did on their first date. Then they went out and had fun, had dinner and went dancing. Agape love was the dominant love in that relationship. A marriage becomes Christian when each of the spouses desires this more than anything else for their spouse. And they're even willing to sacrifice and suffer for this. A family becomes truly Christian when agape love is the dominant love in which that family organizes their whole life. And we have many beautiful examples of this in our community. Families 
who teach their children how to pray, families who bring their children to Mass every Sunday, who go to confession on a regular basis, who prepare their children for their first Holy Communion, are good examples of a Christian life that inspire them toward the moment of their confirmation. And sometimes there are people in our life that are not open and disposed to this good. But even if we must respect their freedom and our hands are somewhat tied, we can still pray for them. We can, we can be a good example and we can still love them and do good for them. I want to end this message with one of the most beautiful examples of a relationship where agape love was the dominant love in that relationship. Between 1936 and 1939, in the country of Spain, they had a revolution. Many called it the Red Terror. During that time, the Catholic Church was seen as a threat, as an enemy of the government. And during that time, over 6,000 Catholic Christians were martyred for their faith. In 2007, Pope Benedict beatified 496 of them. And among them was a young man, Bartolome Blanco Marquez, 21 years old. He was one of the leaders in Catholic action. He was arrested on October 1st, 1936. He was put in prison, and the next day he was executed with several others. And as he was being shot, he cried out, Long live Christ the King. The day before in prison, he wrote a letter to his girlfriend. And they found the letter. I want to read to you just a small excerpt of the letter that he wrote to his girlfriend, Maria. My dearest Maria, your memory will remain with me to the grave. And as long as the slightest throb stirs my heart, it will beat for love of you. God has deemed fit to elevate these worldly affections, ennobling them when we love each other in God. Though in my final days, God is my light and in what I long for, this does not mean that the recollection of the one dearest to me will not accompany me until the hour of my death. I am presently assisted by many priests who pour out the treasures of God's grace into my soul through the sacraments, strengthening it. I look death in the eye, and it does not make me afraid. My sentence before the court of mankind will be my soundest defense before God's court. In their effort to revile me, they have ennobled me. And by attempting to kill me, they have saved me. Because in killing me, they grant me true life. And in condemning me for always upholding the highest ideals of religion, country, and family, 
They swing open before me the doors of heaven. While I am left with only a few hours before my final repose, allow me to ask but one thing of you, that in memory of the love we shared, which at this moment is enhanced, that you would take on as your primary objective the salvation of your soul. In that way, we will procure our reuniting in heaven for all eternity, where nothing will separate us. Goodbye until then, my dearest Maria. Do not forget that I am looking at you from heaven and try to be a model Christian woman, since in the end, worldly goods and delights are of no avail if we do not manage to save our souls. Do not forget me, Maria, and let my memory always remind you that there is a better life and that attaining it should constitute our highest aspirations. Be strong, my dear, and make a new life. You are young and kind, and you will always have God, God's help, which I will implore upon you from his kingdom. Goodbye until eternity, when we shall continue to love each other for life everlasting. Love one another as I have loved you. Agape love. This is it. Amen.